would have the right, and I would easily argue the responsibility to go look in the mirror and say, how have I contributed to this? How have I trained them to expect that I'm going to allow this behavior from them? Welcome to the Audacious Living Podcast, hosted by my man, Audley Stevenson, the odd man. Greetings and salutations focused on Audley Stevenson, and I'm back with another edition of the most audacious podcast you'll find on the internet. This is the Audacious Living Podcast, and as always, it's an absolute pleasure to be here to continue our ongoing goal of helping our listeners live their best audacious lives ever. You've got it locked to episode 223, and I'm super excited to be joined by royalty on this edition of the podcast. You see, Dana Skaggs is a licensed psychotherapist and is also known as the queen of boundaries. Uh, she's here for a very informative dialogue around the importance of establishing healthy boundaries in our personal and professional relationships. I'm certain that you'll all appreciate what she has to share, so much useful stuff. So with Without any further ado, here's my conversation with the Queen of Boundaries, Dana Skaggs. Enjoy. Hey, Dana, thank you for joining me here today on the Audacious Living Podcast. It's a pleasure uh, and a treat to have you join me today. Thank you. I am so excited. I'm so excited to talk about boundaries and in any kind of topic you want to bring up, I can apply boundaries to it. It's just amazing. <laughs> well, well, they are so applicable, aren't they? And really, when you look at it, uh, it, it really frames, literally frames our life, these boundaries and and, and how we, we choose to exist and how we live, how we interact with others and how we even perceive the world. So I, I think this is a, a, a great chat uh, for us to get into. And maybe perhaps as a starting point, um, you're, you're a psychotherapist. So maybe we can sort of talk about uh, the work you do kind of, and then how you land it, landed in this boundary space? Well, that's an awesome question, oddly. So yeah, I've been a psychotherapist for about 15 years. I've got a master's in clinical psychology and all this kind of stuff. But to something that would be very good to know is that mm -hmm. in answer to your question, I think looking back, one of the reasons why I landed in this space was because of the relationship that I had in my family dynamics, especially with my mother which was a very difficult relationship. And we can get into that more later if you want to. But I felt like growing up, looking back, that if I could just figure things out, then I could be safe. Okay. If I could break it all down, if I could analyze it, if I could figure out what she was going to do, what was going to happen before it happened, then I could somehow keep myself safe. I could be prepared. And so I think that kind of evolved as I grew. And then I, when I went to college, I actually started out in physical therapy and decided that just wasn't, that wasn't for me at all. Funny stories about that. But yeah, that wasn't for me. And then I ended up in, in clinical psychology, which was just absolutely hand in glove for me because okay. that was a way for me to kind of analyze things and figure out what's going on and helping other people breaking down their situation and then kind of building it back up in a healthy way. Got you. Got you. If, if I can go back then just to maybe just to understand that you referenced the relationship with your mother, were there some challenges that existed? Is that why there was a need to define those boundaries? Oh yes. Um, she struggled. I love my mother. Um, but also she struggled with several 
mental illnesses that involved a lot of narcissism and manipulation and a lot of um, inconsistency in the home, a lot of wild mood swings where you really never know who was going to walk down the hallway. You never know if she was going to be in a great mood and want to take you to get ice cream or if she was going to be cussing at you and throwing things at you across the kitchen. You just never knew what was going to happen. And so and that continued it is I mean, it continued for decades and mm -hmm. it was just a very later on even I mean, even to the point where just like a few years ago. She was very much behaving like a victim in a very much manipulative way to try to right. force me to do certain things. And it was not it was not pleasant. And I and I can go into as much detail as you would like or as your listeners would like, because I want them to understand I I have walked that sure. walk. What what I'm teaching exactly. my patients, yeah. mm -hmm. I've done it. I have felt it. I know what that's like. It's not just something I learned in a course or learned in a yeah. book or learned in yeah. a workshop. I have yeah. walked this walk. Yeah, no, no, I, I and I certainly can appreciate. It. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, as I was thinking about your entire childhood being in this state of unknown and second guessing and not really sure, that that this was that that like it, it seems like there was just a general feeling of uneasiness all the time. Yes, you just never knew. And my dad would take her side. He loved her to death. He had her up on a pedestal. So if she was causing some kind of strife or drama. He would automatically come to her defense. It didn't matter what was actually going on. It didn't matter right. what the truth was. The only thing he cared about was that she was upset and whoever upset her, it, they had to fix it. They had to make her feel better. They had to fix the house, fix the home. And I was cast as the villain a lot of the time because I was trying to speak my words and take a stand and set some boundaries for myself. But in that dynamic, I was quickly thrown into the victim Role. I don't know if you ever heard of the triad where you have a victim, a villain, and a hero. Right. So my mother would cast herself as the the victim, which my dad would come rushing in as the hero. Mm -hmm. Well, victims and heroes need a villain. Both of them need a villain. So I got cast as that over and over again, and it was it was um, interesting. <laughs> Were you an only child? No, I had a brother, but he was eight years younger than me. So in mm. essence, kind of functionally, yes. But it is nice right. to have him because he was raised in it as well. And we're very, very close now. Got you. Got you. Got you. Well, no, I, again, I, I, I appreciate that, that that sort of backdrop because that sort of fr frames things nicely as we move into the boundary conversation. What I find really interesting is, and I'd love to hear is, when did you identify as being setting boundaries? Because obviously when you're a young child, you didn't understand boundaries, right? You didn't know. When did that realization, when did it come real for you? Oh, my, it was well, well into my adult years. Wow. I actually had uh, an aunt who gave me a, a book on boundaries. It was a okay. seminal book from Henry Cloud and John Townsend okay. on boundaries. That was back in like, I think the early nineties. And I started reading it and I'm thinking, Oh my gosh, it made so much like, sense. Ooh, and wow. it's just it's like <laughs> the boy. clouds parted yes, and yes, I'm thinking, yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. It was a way for me to understand what was going on right? so that I could figure out how to navigate these waters and how to keep myself safe. And I, and I did that. And I've learned that when you set boundaries and I teach my, my patients this all the time, especially when you've been sucked into these relationships where they don't, there are not boundaries or the boundaries are very dysfunctional. When you start setting them, 
the other people typically don't like it very much. And so you get pushback and and they'll turn up the flame and they'll call you names and they'll accuse you of things like being hateful and unforgiving, all kinds of stuff, because they don't like you all of a sudden setting healthy boundaries because then they can't manipulate you. And they don't like that. That takes power from them and it gives you power. You, You are now coming into agency and having power over your own life instead of allowing someone else to have it and feeling all like your ass over elbows according to what someone else needs to do or what what's to pull from you. And so when you set that boundary, it kind of, it causes some kerfuffle, we'll say. Gotcha. <laughs> and, and, and that's because of established patterns already put in place. And you set a boundary, like, wait a second, what the heck's going on here? This isn't what we do. That's exactly it. And we, that's one of the things that I train my patients in, in my online boundaries courses that we'll talk about later is that we train people what to expect from us. So if we have a dysfunctional relationship in our life, that's been there a while, we have the right. And I would easily argue the responsibility to go look in the mirror and say, how have I contributed to this? How have I trained them to expect that I'm going to allow this behavior from them because that's what we've done. If we frequently don't like that question because we're like, no, 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 I want to blame everybody else. I want to, you know, pull my fingers and say, well, shame on them, shame on them. But that, if you do all that, you give away all your power. Yes. You have to figure out, I talk about yards, you know, what's in your yard versus what's in someone else's yard. And I can talk about that more in just a moment, but the more we can identify that's in our yard, that's what we have power over. So initially it feels kind of icky because we're taking responsibility for things that we want to blame other people for. But if we're blaming everybody else for everything, we are powerless. I, I like I like the yard uh, analogy because I think it really we all have our own yard, our own space, and uh, and what's I guess essentially what's in my yard is my responsibility, and, and I'm you know and I'm and, and and you know if you think about the yard, if we take a step further, now I'm envisioning fences, which represent the boundaries, and what happens yes. in my yard, my space is me, and you know, and what happens is yours, yours, and and maybe I can see in your yard, but that's none of my business, right? Because it's not my yard. Is exactly. That- Mm. Yeah. That's so a let's, great, that's a great analogy. It really, really is. Frames it nicely. It's ho- I use a lot of visual analogies. I'm a visual person. So I just kind of talk in, in those analogies. But if you think about your yard as your thoughts, yep. your feelings, and mm. your actions in it, your opinions, your actions, yep. what is not in your yard, and like you said, on the other side of the fence is your neighbor's thoughts, your neighbor's feelings, Um, and your neighbor's actions, which you did not cause, you cannot control, and you cannot cure. Yes. So it's understanding, okay, what is mine that I get to own? I can change. And we can accept that we're human. We're not perfect. So we're like, you know, I can walk out into my yard and see something that I don't really like very much about myself. Okay. And I can go, ooh, I can pick it up and go, "Mm, ooh. I don't like that very much. That's okay. I'm a human being. I can change that. If I've done something that I felt like has been hurtful to someone, I can own that. I can say, you know what? The other day we had a conversation and I said such and such to you. And in retrospect, I feel like that was a hurtful thing to say. And I want to own that. And I want to apologize to you for saying that. And we can do that. We can do it over and over again. And we can change that stuff. What we, what is not 
our responsibility though, is when we say something to someone, we cannot control how they hear us. We cannot control how they respond to what we say. Yes. That is not our business. Now we will be impacted by it. Let's be honest about that. Because even if your neighbor, if your neighbor's over there having some kind of crazy party, you're going to be impacted by it. Let's just be honest. Okay. But you can have conversation about that, but you cannot control if your neighbor's going to have that party or not. And and Dana, what I was going to start to interject, what I was going to say is, is, is I think that's where we oftentimes get ourselves into trouble and difficulty because we're trying to control something that's not in our yard, so to speak. And so, uh, some, so you, you gave the perfect, you know, illustration, you know, their thoughts, their ideas, their opinions, their feelings in someone else's yard, we want to react and respond to that. And, and, and I think if we, so some of these boundaries, as much as they are for other people, I also think they should be for ourselves too. Oh, a hundred percent. Because if you think about like, um, a common, a common, um, comment that you hear a lot is she made me mad. She made me mad. Well, okay, let's just break that down just frame by frame. That's technically impossible because she doesn't have access to your brain, which is where your emotions are. That's right. So what actually happens is she did something or said something. And then I responded with some kind of emotion. Yes. Those are two separate activities there. And so we can't control what the other person is going to say or do, but we do have control and responsibility for managing how we are going to respond to it. Well, we're giving away our power when we say anything otherwise, right? Yes. 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 (laughs) So it's just like, this is mine. And if some, well, they, a lot of people get very upset because they want other people to like them. They're very much into the people pleasing. I hear this so much in my private practice. I'm trying to keep the peace, Dana. I'm trying to keep the peace. I'm like, do you, okay, you are really, do you see where you are right now? You're sitting in a a therapist's office. So how's that working for you? Well, and and I would say the peace at what cost, right? So you kept, you keeping the peace, but what do you have to give up to get it? And is it really worth it? And you can't keep someone else's peace. No. Whether or not they choose to be peaceful, that's on them. You can, you keep your own peace, but the only way you can keep your peace is by understanding there's a fence line between your feelings, your actions, your thoughts, and somebody else's. So when people get into this people pleasing, their fear ultimately is that they are going to be rejected and then abandoned. Mm. That is a huge, huge fear that I see so many people have because sometimes they've been raised up in a situation where they're having to work for approval. They're terrified of not getting that approval because if they don't get it, they're going to be rejected, which is one step away from being abandoned which is a humongous fear that people have. So then they get into this. I have to make sure they're pleased with me because if they're not, it's going to be really, really bad. Yes. Right. Right. Um, No, that's, 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 that's a really, really good point. I actually want to go back to the whole process of untraining people, right? Um, these boundaries have been established, maybe between your parent and child, which means they've been in place your whole life. And now you decide you want to change it on me and change how we operate. Uh, 
it's it's not going to be a smooth transition, and I, and I think I think so. I think we need to be really upfront and say it's not going to be smooth. It's going to get messy. It's going to get ugly, and who knows how we'll look at the end of it. But there still is a process of some sort that we kind of should go through. Could you sort of walk us through help, help understand what that looks like? I would love to. And you mentioned the ugliness. When when you start to set boundaries, whatever ugliness happens is happening on the other side of that fence. Okay. Because the people that I know that are the most peaceful are the ones that have excellent boundaries because they are very clear about what they are responsible for and what they can own and change and what they are not responsible for. They are crystal clear about that. They don't need your understanding. They don't need your approval or your acceptance. That's unnecessary. Okay. And they don't, they don't get upset about it. You are, you know, when they're setting boundaries, if someone else is all upset, somebody might get really mad. Let's say you have a, like you said, a a negative, a dysfunctional or lack of boundaries in a relationship in your life. And you, you begin to set healthy ones. Mm -hmm. So first of all, let me say you have the option. You don't have to, but you have the option of telling them ahead of time. Say, Hey, just so you know, I've been thinking about some things. I've been kind of thinking about my own actions and my own life. And I kind of want to get some things kind of going better. And I feel like I need to set better boundaries in my life. And so in my relationship with you, sometimes, you know, you sometimes will come at me with, with, um, you know, cuss words or calling me names, you know, you might be having a day or something and you're, you're kind of coming at me. I'm just letting you know that if you choose to do that moving forward, I'm going to walk away just so you know, um, pretty powerful. I mean, you know, you can say whatever you want to say. I can't stop you, but just so that you're aware if you start coming at me like that in a very negative, abusive way, then I'm just simply going to walk away. I'm happy to talk to you if you calm down. If you want to calm down, I'll be more than happy to listen to what you have to say. But if you start coming at me and that yelling, you start screaming at me, it's not okay to scream at me. So if you choose to scream at me, I'm just letting you know, I'm going to turn around and walk away. Well, okay. Now, you don't have to tell somebody you're going to do that. You can, if you want to, it makes you feel more comfortable. Mm -hmm. You can. And plus you have to own, you have participated in this where they, you have taught them that you will accept that. And so we own that. We have grace for the other person because we have participated in teaching them. They can scream at us. They can treat us this way and we're going to allow it. We participated in that. Right. So we can have grace for that person and say, okay, I, I did this. I know. I've allowed it and I own that. So I'm, but I'm going to change some things around. So just so that, you know, when I walk away from you, that's what's going on. I'm not trying to be hateful. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just letting you know that I'm trying to do things different for myself. I'm not judging you. I'm just saying that I am not going to allow anybody else to scream at me. Mm -hmm. So if you decide to scream at me from here on out, I'm just going to walk away. And whenever you calm down, I'll be more than happy to come back and we can have a lovely conversation with one another. I want to hear what you have to say as long as you're speaking it and not screaming it. But let me tell you something. You can explain that to somebody and they'll go, oh, okay, that sounds good. And they'll do it. (laughs) They'll do it again. 
they won't believe you right. because your behavior has taught them otherwise. Well, old so habits die hard, right? I that's mean, that's it. That's it. <laughs> old habits die hard. So they're going to scream again. Yes. And when they do, you have got to do what you said. Mm. Do, don't ever say you're going to yeah. do something and then don't do it. it because then what are you training them? Right. Yeah. If you say you're going to do something and then you don't do it, you're training them to just ignore you because you're not going to do it anyway. Right. Right. All right. right. If you're not going to do it, don't say you are. Yeah. Think about it ahead of time. So when you walk away, how do you think they respond to that? I, w- I would imagine that they're in this place of limbo. This is new for them. They don't they are in full understanding. I mean, it's, it's a myriad of ex- things that can happen. They could be upset. They might even think that you're being unfair to them because, again, they've been trained. Right? This is our whole life. Now you could be unfair. You know, they could be upset. You could be treat me unfairly. They may not know how to take it. They may not take it seriously. There's a whole bunch of things I can envision happening on the other side. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So you, when you walk away, and you told them you were going to, but like I said, you don't have to because behavior has to speak. Behavior is what speaks. That's what teaches people. That's what changes. It's always the behavior. You can yakety yak yak all you want to, but your behavior is what's going to change. And that's, what's going to teach people. So when you walk away, especially if you've told them ahead of time, what you're going to do, however, they think about it is not your business. It's on their side of the fence. If they don't like it, Sometimes, and it's very common for people to get louder, they get really mad and they get loud always works for some reason. I don't know. (laughs) That's it. You can't let that you have to continue to walk away because they're upset because you were you were they were getting their needs met before because they wanted to scream and holler and you were allowing that so they were getting their need met that way. When you walk away, they want to get their need met using you as a as a like a verbal punching bag. When you walk away, you're denying them that and they don't like it. So they're going to turn up the flame usually to try to get you to come back into the old habits that that they were using to meet their needs. Gotcha. Gotcha. So you just have to walk away. That turning up the flame that's happening in their yard if their house is on fire over there. Sorry about that, but that's in there's a fence here. That Your is. house is not on fire. Right. There, there, there's a part of this that I, you know, so that, that I think people may find difficult or struggle with with respects to not worrying what's happening on the other side. As much as we say it, right, and we know it's 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 it, we, we it, all, it makes conceptually makes common sense. Everyone understands that, but still putting it into practice for whatever reason, that seems to be a difficult one for people to 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 master, to hone in on. Like that's not mine. This is mine. Don't worry about it. Uh-huh. Yes. It's going to be uncomfortable. Mm. I'm going to, that's, I'm very honest about that. I'm very real. When I talk with my patients and other people, when I do classes and stuff, I teach video modules. Stuff. That's going to, you're going to be uncomfortable. So what? <laughs> a lot, a lot of things in life make you uncomfortable. Yes. You just have to feel that discomfort and stay on your path. You have to be consistent like a metronome, just like a metronome. The time for thinking about all of this is beforehand. It's when you talk with people that you care about, you talk with people that you trust, that you think are wise, people that, you know, you might go to a therapist, you might go to a pastor, you might go to your best friend, you might, some people that you respect, you talk to them about your situation. 
you talk to them about, I want to set some better boundaries. And this is what I'm thinking about doing. And this is what I think is going to happen when I yep. set these boundaries. Cause you yep. need, you need a posse. Yes. You need people yes. that you can turn to. So the time to think about all of this and create your plan is beforehand to lay it all out, get other people, bounce it off them and have them say, well, okay, have you considered this? Well, have you considered that? You do all that brainstorming beforehand. So when you set the boundary and stuff happens, you're yep. you're not going to be surprised very much. It's You're still going to be uncomfortable, but you're not going to be surprised. And then you have people that you can go to that you can say, oh my gosh, I did it today and my heart is still pounding so hard out of my chest. I'm surprised you can't see it moving. And I just, I just need to, I need to tell, tell you about it. I'm like, oh, kind of freaking out right now. You need the person to talk to that knows your path, that knows what you're doing and has walked with you and understands why you're doing it. So you can talk to them. But I would also say this, if you're new to setting boundaries, mm -hmm. don't, don't go to what I would call the mother load right off the bat. Okay. Okay. Don't do that. Set baby boundaries. Go to people that that love you and that respect you set smaller little old, tiny boundaries. Like, you know, let's say there's somebody that you work with and once in a while, they, let's say you have parking slots at work and there's okay. one that's supposed to be yours. And this mm -hmm. other person kind of parks in it every once in a while, mm -hmm. <laughs> but you know, you kind of have a good relationship with them. You know, I mean, so. you get along, you're not like, you're not hanging out after work or anything. Okay, so that would be going up and saying, hey, um, you know that parking place out in there that has my name on it? Um, that's mine. So I would really appreciate you not parking in my space moving forward. Okay, that's going to that's gonna feel uncomfortable because you're thinking they're not going to like you saying this. Obviously, they want to park in your space or they wouldn't be doing it. Okay. They may not know it's your space. They may not be paying attention. They may be doing it knowingly and just don't care. Okay. You have no idea. But you can say, please, I would appreciate you not parking in my space. And that doing that is kind of a baby boundary because you're kind of scared yeah. to say that. You're you're kind of like, oh, it feels a little bit confrontational. You're sort yeah. of like, but that's the cool thing about when you're really good at setting boundaries, you don't ever need to get loud. You don't ever need to raise your voice. Right. You don't ever need to have sarcastic or sassy tone. Mm. You're just speaking calmly yep. and you're telling the person, hey, this is going on. I don't really like this. I would appreciate it if you not parked in my spot. Gotcha. And to start me, small. To, to, to me, when, when I think about those conversations and uh, um, uh, setting boundaries, and again, the small ones or the mother load, those are to me are those those courageous conversations that we have to have with one another, right? There's all the it's 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 important to us and our well being uh, and to our you know our health that we set these boundaries properly. We have these courageous conversations so people you know know you know what's what if you will. And so um, when you, when you as you were talking about that, that's yeah again these are just they they have to, these our, our conversations have to be courageous. Well, and to use your word, audacious, right? We we have to be audacious. We have to put it out there. And but you can't really be, in my mind, audacious and also authentic 
if you don't set healthy boundaries, because you like, to your point, you're kind of acting like somebody you're not, you, you really have some kind of feelings about something, but you're not telling the other person about it. They have right. no idea right. that you have those feelings because you're keeping them on the DL because you're scared to death of what they're going to think about it. So they think right. you're one kind of way, but you're not. <laughs> you, you know, I, and I think that that's why it's so important of the band, boundaries you set up are consistent. So a lot, so a lot of what we've been talking about is kind of like one-on-one, but if we're looking to set a, a boundaries across the board for everyone to follow, I think it's even more important that they're consistent and that people know exactly what to expect from us and what we're willing to expect. Yes. Yes. And it's, it's very, it's very good to say, when you think about boundaries, uh-huh. think about what you are going to do. Because you can't really control necessarily what the other person is going to do. That's right. So like the example I gave earlier about telling the guy, I really would like you to stop parking in my parking space. Well, you've communicated that, but you can't make him stop parking in your space. No. no, Can you? No. He can look at you and go, I don't care. I'm going to park in it anyway. (laughs) And there's nothing you can do about that unless you want to say, well, fine. You know, if you choose to park in my space, then I'm going to fill in the blank. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like across the board, realizing you can always say what you are going to do. You can't control what someone else is going to do. You can't say, I want you to stop doing this. Like when I have a patient and they're talking about a relationship they're having with someone and I'm thinking about their coworkers, their family, their friends, when they start the sentence, yeah, I told them that they needed to, and I said, stop. I don't even care what you say next because it doesn't matter because you can't make them do any kind of thing. No, no, no. You have to say, okay, well, if you fill in the blank, then I will fill in the blank. And mm-hmm. that's kind of like, for example, like at work, one of the things that that you like to talk about is leadership. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. So two things I'm thinking about that for someone to be an effective leader, I think in like a leader at work. Mm-hmm. So you have to set boundaries. Like, for example, let's say there's someone who you're working with who tends to be somewhat, eh, shall we say, lazy, okay? And they're putting stuff on you to do. And Cole, you're you're kind and you want to be like a team player. Like, sure, I'll help you out. I got you, bro. I'll help you out. I'll do it, okay? So, and you, you think that's great. That's no problem. We help each other. We're a team. We work together. But you notice that pattern of that person not really managing his time very well. Yeah. And he ends up, Hey, um, I ended up with a little bit extra stuff. Would you mind doing this today too? I know you helped me out last week, but uh, yep. this, this, and this, and this, if that continues, that's not a good boundary. Right. And that what that does is that builds up resentment at work. And let me stop and tell you about what I call a boomerang issue. Okay. Okay. So a boomerang issue is when we try to forget something, we try to fling it out because we yep. think it's maybe a gnat. We don't really want to think about, it. oh, for, oh my gosh, we can't ever, we can't be going around and around about every little thing, you know, let's just let right. some stuff go, move yep. on. It's not yep. that big of a deal, right? So let's say you do that, but then it keeps boomeranging back to you in the form of intrusive thoughts. Yes. Then later on the, in the day, you're trying to do your stuff, you're trying to do your work and you keep thinking about that guy who keeps dumping his work on you. And you don't want to think about it because you don't want to have that conversation. So you try to fling it out. You're like, well, it's not that big of a deal. I'll do it. It's not that big of a deal, right? Mm -hmm. But then later on that night, you're trying to watch TV. And here's that thought. He's going to dump that stuff on my desk tomorrow. 
I call those boomerang issues. If you walk out in your yard and -hmm. you have boomerangs in your yard, that means that (laughs) you are responsible for picking those up, walking across your lawn, leaning up against that fence and engaging in conversation with that person about those boomerang issues. Let me tell you what happens sometimes, though. People don't do that. I have been on the receiving end of this before where people have not told me that I have said or done something that's been upsetting to them. And they, they like accrue a hundred boomerangs. And then what they do is they throw them all on a Gatling gun and they go just like all at once. This is not okay. This is not okay. It's not okay to do that. And when you're on the receiving end of it, that's very unpleasant. Right. Right. No, it's, it's, and it's not healthy either. I can tell you, it can't be. Mm, no. You know, I was just, as, as we're talking about the, the um, being mindful of, of what's happening in other people's yard and what we can control and can we can't control and not getting and not reacting to that. It almost seems to me that's a, a, a very good anger management technique, right? A, a recognizing and understanding kind of what's in your control, isn't it? Very, very much, very mm. much because What are you going to get? I mean, think about the most of the stuff that we get angry about, that we get mad about. The thing, and I see patients as someone, well, you know, they're going to, they're going to be mad at me. They're going to get upset with me. They're not going to like it that I set this boundary and they're going to think this and that about me. And I said, probably let them, they, they have a right to their opinion. Yes. They have a right not to like you. They have a right to have their feelings about you and you might not like what they're feeling, so yes, they probably are going to have some negative feelings about you. Yes, they are. Let them. And when you just let them and you realize that's in their yard and they have a right to them, you don't have to do anything about that. You don't have to agree with them. Mm-hmm. They don't have to agree with you. Yeah. When you know that so much just calms down. You have a right to your opinion. That's right. You don't have to make the other person have your opinion. You have a right to yours. And so if you're doing that, then your anger is like, okay. Right. Okay. And you move on. Yeah. I love, I love it. I love it. Dana, I think that this 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 topic of conversation is so relevant. And I said on the top so relevant of this podcast for a whole host of reasons. And uh certainly from establishing once we establish our boundaries, that allows us to be more authentic, allows us to focus on our own actions and what we do and how we show up in the world. It doesn't allow others to change or impact how we uh, uh interact or how we behave because we are who we are. We're not we're not we're not changing from that. So when we talk about and we on this podcast, we talk a lot about you know living our best audacious life. Well, once we do all those things and, and they're, and they're, it's, it, you know, they're quote unquote out of the way, it, 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 nothing holds us back from doing the things that we're meant to do or supposed to do. And that's why I think this is just, just a beautiful, beautiful combination of this topic. I mean, it can't, you, I don't see how someone could really function at their pinnacle without healthy boundaries, because think of it this way, someone function, what, let's say uh, leadership at work. Okay. If they are, if they are at home. And they are allowing themselves to be taken advantage of by by friends, by family members. If they're participating in dysfunctional stuff, that's going to pull from their emotional pie. Like imagine we all have a pie of, of emotional energy. It's a set amount. 
and things in your life are taking slices of your pie away. The more slices of your pie that are taken away by all these issues leave you less pie to go to work or to go where and really function at your absolute pinnacle best. When you can set these boundaries with people, that way that doesn't become, you're not, you're not expending energy for that. You're, so you set the boundary. If they don't like it, that's okay. They don't have to like it. It's not, it's not there you are. You know, you're going to set that. Love it. And something else to consider is also pulling in, if you imagine a boundary being like a, like a cellular membrane. Okay. Sort of a, like a, and like I think cells in your body have to push out toxins mm -hmm. and they have to pull in nutrients. All right. So think about somebody functioning at their best in life. They have to push out things in their life that are toxic. Whether it's a person, a situation that is they've tried and tried and it's just toxic. The other person will not have a healthy. Sometimes people won't allow you to interact with them in a healthy way. They basically say, if you interact with me, it's going to be on these terms. And you're like, well, okay, then I won't be doing that. So you push that toxin out. And also you have to pull in nutrients. You have to take care of yourself. You have to like take that day off. You have to go on that golf outing. You have to go get that massage. You have to have that friend weekend. You have to do things, have that, you know, that, that time for yourself that is soothing to you, those nutrients. That's another form of boundary. That's an intra boundary versus an inter boundary limits that we set for ourselves. So we're pulling nutrients in so we can then turn around and go to work and be the boss. We can be amazing because we've pulled all those nutrients in, we've yes, set those yes. boundaries yep. rather than let somebody take all of our time. Right. We've said, no, I appreciate what you want to do, but I'm going to go get a massage. Mm. So they're like, well, how come that's, that's so selfish. You, you should be over here doing this and that and the other. It's like, you can think that. Okay. I'm still going to get my massage. I love it. I love it. I love it. You know, this has just been awesome. I I, I so so appreciate the conversation, the dialogue, uh, and again, I think the the uh, make total total sense. Um, uh, before we go, you're 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 a podcaster as well, so I give you an opportunity to uh, show some love and shout out to my fellow podcaster there. Awesome, <laughs> podcasting is awesome. Yes, my podcast is called Phoenix and Flame. Um, it's on all the the major podcast platforms. It's about pushing through and transforming, even when you feel like a pile of ash. But the other thing that I have going on that's really I'm so, so excited about is go to Dana Skaggs, D-A-N-A-S-K-A-G-G-S dot com. That has all the information about my boundaries courses. You can take a boundaries assessment Amazing. and get a score to see, you know, how are you doing with boundaries in your life? I've got a couple of self-studies that somebody can take. And there's an awesome group study. It's um, The next one is going to be starting. It's an eight-week study where I'm involved. I actually meet with the participants okay. once a week. They look at two uh, video modules of mine and do application questions. And then I meet with them once a week to really help them apply and to just push that seed down deep in the soil so they can put that and apply it to their own life situation. The one starting, I think it's a starting the first Saturday of August. I only allow seven in the course at a time so I can really spend time right. with each person going around and applying all the lessons to their life. Gotcha. 
Got you. Well, we'll certainly do our part and and, and share that and make that available. Uh, Dana, this has been been wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Thanks for making the time and and, and the insights were awesome. And uh, congratulations on, on all of what you've done and, and and what you're doing to help people. Because I think that the, the more of us that can establish these boundaries, I think the more uh, it will it will certainly do a lot to to minimize confusion and 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 sort of mend and repair or or encourage healthy relationships. Uh, so so again, thank you for all that and congratulations on on the fantastic work. Thank you. And I wanted to throw one thing out to your listeners. Yes, yes. Your, if they are interested in doing the, the group course I was talking about, yep. your listeners, if they want to put 100 and the word off in the coupon section, yep. they'll get $100 off. Amazing. Your listeners will get $100 off the course if they want Thank to you. do that. Thank you. Thank you so much. And we'll certainly encourage uh, uh, when, when we share, we'll put that out there and make sure everyone's aware of that great offer. So appreciate uh, the, the generosities, Dana. Thank you. To do it. Thank you, Audley, so much. Take care. Back we are here on the podcast, and much thanks and appreciation goes out uh, to Dana for being here and really broadening our understanding of the importance of setting healthy boundaries and, and why we need to do so in our, our personal and professional lives. I really love the the analogy of the yard and what's ta- you know taking care of what's your, in your yard and why that's so important. Uh, so again, Dan- Dana, thank you so much uh, for listeners. Uh, I'd encourage you to check her out and learn more about her work. She's also a podcaster, so if you want to check out the the Phoenix and the Flame podcast you can certainly uh, do so and learn more about her work you know i really appreciate much of what was shared with us today but there's just one thing i take from the chat that we had it would have to be this in today's fast-paced and interconnected world, it's becoming increasingly important to recognize the significance of setting boundaries. Now, boundaries are those, are those invisible lines that define what's acceptable and what's not in our relationships, work environments, and personal lives. They act as a protective shield, guarding our physical, emotional, and mental well-being. Let's explore why setting boundaries is crucial for our overall happiness, relationships, and personal growth. Setting boundaries is an act of self-care. It enables us to protect our physical, emotional, and mental health. By clearing, by clearly defining our limits, we prevent ourselves from being overwhelmed, exhausted, or even burnt out. Prioritizing self-care and establishing boundaries allows us to maintain a healthy work-life balance, reduce stress, and preserve our overall well-being. Setting boundaries is not only about protecting ourselves, it also plays a vital role in fostering healthy and fulfilling relationships. Boundaries help us communicate our needs, expectations, and limits to others effectively. When we establish clear boundaries, we provide others with, a gui- with guidance on how to treat us, which ultimately leads to more respectful and mutually beneficial relationships. Boundaries are essential for personal growth and development. By defining our limits and priorities, we create space for self-reflection, self-discovery, and self-improvement. Setting boundaries allows us to identify our values, passions, and goals, enabling us to align our actions and choices accordingly. It empowers us to say no to things that don't serve us and yes to things uh, to the opportunities that align with our aspirations. Boundaries provide the structure and the focus necessary for personal growth and the pursuit of our dreams.
Boundaries serve as a tool for self-respect and and respect for others. When we set boundaries, we communicate our self-worth and demonstrate that we have value in our own selves. By respecting our own limits, we encourage others to respect us as well. You know, boundaries also teach us that to respect the boundaries of others and promote healthier and more balanced interactions. When we establish and honor boundaries, we create a culture of respect and consideration in all of our relationships. In a world that often blurs the lines between personal and professional life, setting boundaries has become more important than ever before. By establishing clear limits, we protect our well-being, enhance our relationships, empower personal growth, and promote respect. Setting boundaries is an act of self-care, self-respect, and self-empowerment. It allows us to navigate the complexities of life with confidence, balance, and fulfillment. So let's embrace the power of setting boundaries and create a life that aligns with our truest, audacious selves. We've sadly come to the end of another episode of the Audacious Living Podcast. And as always, I send my thanks and appreciation to all those lovers of of Audaciousness for their tremendous ongoing support. It's so, so much appreciated. And for that, I say thank you. Until next time, stay safe, be kind, show love to one another, and be audacious. You've been listening to the Audacious Living Podcast, hosted by Audley Stevenson. If you enjoy what you heard, be sure to like, subscribe, and share. Until next time, be audacious.